You're listening to episode 226, Mindset, Relationships, and Manifestation with Maz de la Serna. You can believe it's going to be hard. And if you believe that, it will be freaking hard. Like if I had gone in being like, this is going to be so hard, I'm going to have to give up everything. I would have most likely failed Hmm. and not got on that stage because in my mind it was so hard. But instead I looked at it being like, let's see how much I can challenge myself. Let's see if I can get on that stage. I want to see what I'm capable of. This is the dance of life. My name is Tudor Alexander, and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body, and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow, and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Happy Friday to you. Today is Friday, January 22nd, 2021. Feels like we're in the Jetsons. Can't believe I'm saying that date. So crazy. Where there is no struggle, there is no strength. Oprah. I love that quote because it's a great quote about reframing your current problems into your opportunities. You know, how appropriate for 2020 and for this new year, we're now in a new set of opportunities to shape the struggles that we've had from that crazy year into the foundation for a great future. You know, this year is going to be great. However, 2020 left you, it left all of us uh, pretty pretty transformed. Let's put it that way and keep it PC. But definitely it was a crazy year. And however it did you, it did all of us. And so now the time is to look back and see, despite all the craziness, what were the things that I learned? Everybody learned some massive things about themselves, about the world, about other people, about the people in their life. Such an important time. And certainly those kind of times don't come every year and thank God they don't. But It did come, and so now we have some valuable pieces that we can pick up and put together into a new picture for the future. And today we're going to talk about all that stuff, mindset, manifestation, all that good stuff. You know, my guest on the Dance of Life podcast is somebody with quite a story about overcoming struggles and turning them into her strengths. She has a great story to share about discovering her self-worth, helping others, empowering people to look within themselves and see their own strength and ability to create the life that they love. She had a history of abuse and drug addiction, weight gain and trauma, and she lost 30 kilograms and went on to become a bikini competitor and sponsored Pro Team Australia athlete. Her name is Maz de la Serna, and her transformation through this journey several years ago triggered a spiritual and emotional awakening, forcing her to look within and dig into subconscious thought patterns and behaviors. From what started as documenting and sharing her journey on YouTube and Instagram, Maz is now the founder of the Phoenix Rising Collective, a program for people dedicated to breaking the destructive cycles that hold them back. I'm excited to sit down with Maz and talk about 
some things that aren't comfortable to talk about, which is self-worth, you know, doubting ourselves, seeing our own value, uh, you know, finding strength in adversity. All these things are not the most fun thing to look within your own life and see examples in your own life. So today we're going to break all that up and see what's happening through Maz's own life story as well as what she's experienced in her journey helping other people. If you want to get in touch with Maz, you can check her out at mazdelacerna.com. It's spelled M-A-Z-D-E-L-A-C-E-R-N-A.com. On Instagram, she's an influencer on Instagram. You can check her out. It's at Little Miss Maz, L-I-L-M-I-S-S-M-A-Z. And YouTube is the Phoenix Rising Collective. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for this episode for her mindset reset program. It's a seven-day free, seven-day mindset reset program. So make sure you go check that out. And that's going to be in the show notes. So that's danceoflife.com slash podcast. Um, This is episode 226. That's the one we're looking for. All right. Just about to jump into this conversation. Super excited. Lots of great stuff. So many wonderful things that we need to hear today. Make sure you share this if you enjoy it. Share it with your friends, with your family. Every little bit helps. And thank you so much for being here with me today. Let's do this. Mindset and Manifestation with Maz de la Serna. You know, the the watch, you know, the watch is Tudor brand watch. I don't know, everybody says it differently because... As a kid, when I grew up here in the States, I was born in Eastern Europe, but I grew up here in the States and, uh, you know, tutor sounds the same as like a, like a math tutor or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> so people are like, Oh, is that your name? I'm like, why would that be my name? That's just, uh, I don't know. <laughs> now your, your name is pronounced. Is it Maz or is it Maz? Maz. Maz. Okay. Yes. Okay. Good to know. I never, I never know. <laughs> Where's that from? Maz. Well, it's actually shortened. My real name is Maracle. So Maz is like the Aussie take. Yeah. Oh, really? That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Have you lived in Australia your whole life or were you born somewhere else? Um, No, I was born in the Philippines, but I've been here since I was like three or four. So basically I've lived in Canada for a couple of years as well. So, but yeah, Australia is home. I'd love to go to Australia, although right now you guys are a little little crazy with your whole lockdown situation. So. No, not in my state. We're actually very lucky in oh, my really? state. Yes. It's like normal here. What what state is that? Queensland. Queensland. Okay, interesting. Yeah. yeah What's I, it like uh, where you are? It's you know, it's uh it's not too bad. I mean they're there's a little bit of craziness that the, you know, the grocery stores, you still have to put your mask on and everything, but it's, it's, it's not too bad. I mean, it's not California. Let's put it that way. So. Yeah. We don't even like with like, it's very rare to see someone with a mask. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see, we'll see how it turns out. I mean, uh, for sure. That's been a crazy year, crazy year for sure. I mean, it's so many different perspectives have been thrown out and whatever your side on, it's like, it's uh, it's definitely a year to learn about yourself and to manage your emotions and to. It's been very transformational, I think, for everyone. Yeah. Is right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you wrote a book called uh, "I Deserve Better." I'm really curious yes. about that. What what motivated you to pick that title? Because the book is about toxic relationships. 
not just with lovers, friends, colleagues, just relationships in general, family. (laughs) Basically, our lives is filled with relationships. Um, And I Deserve Better was basically me coming to my own light of my own self-awareness and my own self-love to realise that I had the power all along to create the relationships in my life that I deserve. And it Mm. isn't until you realise what you deserve can that play out, right? That's so, yeah, no, I completely can resonate with that because it's like, we're so, um, you know, we, we, there's a lot of talk about okay, creating your reality, manifesting all these types of things. But one thing I realize is that ultimately there's sort of like a deeper, more visceral animalistic, like primal thing there of, of deserving. Like if you feel you don't deserve that future, then you, know, you could be creative all you want about the possibilities. It's you're not going to take a step towards it. And I think that's, that's a huge one is whether you deserve it or not. It's, it's like a real hard hitting point. It's not very comfortable <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> no, like we attract what we are ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when did it, when did it click for you? I mean, you know, you, you've had quite the journey, so you can share about that if you want, but you, know, you lost 60 pounds, right? Like 30 kilo. How much is 30 kilograms? That's, that's about. 60 yeah. Cause it's like 2.2 pounds in a kilo. Yeah. So it's a little over 60 pounds. You yeah. were doing bikini competition, man. I trained one time for a, we ended up, it degraded and my friends and I wanted to do a, like a, whatever, like a fitness competition. And then that goal sort of degraded into, let's just do a photo shoot. And then after I did the photo shoot, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to eat some fast food. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. So I know the challenge, you know, at least I, I have some understanding of what it takes to, to train for something like that. That's pretty hardcore. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. And you were on the pro team for Australia. So uh, when did it yeah. all, when did it all click for you? I mean, you know, you, when did, all of this motivation just clicked. Was there a moment where you just kind of hit rock bottom and you're like, okay. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that the way with everyone? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess you have to hit rock bottom at some point, you know, it's uh, especially to do great things. I think to do great things and to do things that are on, you know, not, the average, you know, that most people do. Most people don't compete in bikini competitions. It's too hard. You know, it's, it's a, you have to really commit yourself. And so usually I think there's some turning point that we all go through, right. To, to experience those things. Definitely. As Oprah said, without struggle, there is no strength. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it is when you hit rock bottom is they're the times like at the time you don't see it because you're like, woe is me in that mindset and you're feeling everything and taking that hit. But looking back on like each of our lives, anything that almost broke us are the, in fact the things that strengthen us. But ultimately it is up to us to let us, whether you want to be the victim in that and let it take over or if you want to rise up above that, right? But yeah. they are actually blessings in disguise. That's the take-home message for 2020, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what happened in your uh, story? I mean, basically you, what did you feel was the point where you were like, okay, I need to turn the ship around. Yeah. So that was after I had a breakup. This was maybe like six, seven years ago. Yeah. And um, after, at the time of that breakup, literally I was sitting on my balcony drinking cheap wine. I had no money. I'm saying nice. like $2 bottles, like cheap wine. Hey, some of those $2 well, bottles, I mean, I'm not a connoisseur, but I heard they're, you know, just as good as some of the expensive uh, No, at the time, I don't think I even knew taste right <laughs> that. I'd spent like weeks crying in my self-pity. 
Um, but I had like one of those moments and I was just crying and crying hysterically. Like that relationship ended up like being quite ugly as in I had no money, I had no clothes, my apartment was trashed, I couldn't even go to work because all my clothes and belongings were taken and I had no money to buy something. Like it was legit like that. I had no food, yet I could afford a $2 bottle of wine, but that was literally, I had like 50 bucks something to my name and that was like it. Um, and I was having one of those moments. I remember wanting to jump off that balcony because um, I was just like, I, I can't take this. I can't take this and being in that everything is happening to me right now and I can't handle it in that kind of victim mentality and the only thing that stopped me from jumping off the balcony was because it was only eight stories high and I thought if I jump and I don't die I can't live with wow <laughs> that. that was literally the only thing that stopped me um but I was literally at that point and then after a lot of tears and maybe a couple of bottles down I then started thinking because back when I was 14 there was a moment in my life when I was jumping like I was sleeping on park benches I was I had friends families take me and I was couch surfing like I was legit on my own like that um and it reminded me like how I was then reminded me of that time in my life and I was like how did I get back here but now I have an apartment I can't pay for that's trashed Hmm. Like I can't pay for this. Um, now I have a roof over my head, but I can't pay my rent. I have no food, but at least I have a bed. But how am I back here? And I was like, how is life so cruel like this? How did I get back here? But this time I actually have a roof over my head. And I just started laughing uncontrollably. I kind of like lost it for a moment. Like, how is this possible? Really? Take me back there. <laughs> like, what? Um, and then, I don't know, just kind of that moment, like, how did I go back there? Funnily enough, that next morning, I just woke up different. Hmm. And I was just like, I'm sick of feeling like this. I'm sick of having all this stuff happen to me. And I refuse to feel like that anymore. And especially if it's other people's actions making me do that, I'm giving away my power by letting other people's actions affect me. I'm not going to let that happen. I'm going to take my power back. And from now on, I'm responsible for what happens to me. And I just yeah. had that moment. And from that morning that I woke up, everything was different. I had a weight off my shoulders. I felt different. And I just started to take control of myself, my actions, not allow, allow outside behaviors affect me. Do you know what I mean? I started yeah. regaining my control on myself. And then from that I don't know, the universe does funny things when you like step up and show up for yourself. And I started meeting people, things, circumstances started to play out. I found out about this, about spirituality. I started to find out about the law of attraction. I was like watching Tony Robbins. I think a lot of people when they first get into the personal development <laughs> journey all come across Tony yeah, Robbins. Yeah, he's everywhere. I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and started on that journey and then from that journey I was like wow like and especially with the law of attraction and I started practicing it and doing it um that same balcony I remember looking across the road at a high rise and that high rise had like the best views in Brisbane and I was like I'm gonna live there funnily enough a couple of years later I was actually living in that apartment wow. looking <laughs> from my kitchen window because I'd forgotten about me manifesting that and see my old apartment and I was like oh my god I used to look up 
here and wow, wish to be here. The, and now uh, I'm looking apartment. down there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just That's came awesome. across all that and went through that journey. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I mean, it's such a cool thing to find yourself in these little, um, those little moments, like these little time capsules, you know, where like, you like you just said, when you're in that new apartment and you look back and suddenly you're like, Oh man, wait a minute. I used to be on the other side of this. When did that yeah. happen? Yeah, I know. I like completely forgot. And I was like, Oh wow. Oh wow. This is real. I like completely imagine this. And now it's just funny how they could both see each other from the window. Do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. Yeah, it was a moment. <laughs> That's really crazy. You know, the never doubt the ability of small successive changes to change your life, right? I mean, sometimes we get so trapped looking at the future of what we want or how the hell we're going to get out of a particular problem. But little by little, just it's crazy how things change. It does. We just got to take that first step. And I think the first step is just taking your power back by taking responsibility for yourself. Yeah. How do you think people get tripped up? Like where, where do you see people getting tripped up the most with losing their power in life? Basically being the victim. Like when you are in that victim mentality and you let outside, anything outside of yourself, outside circumstances, people, anything outside of yourself control you and your emotions, that's when you lose your power. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong, there are times when you are the victim. I've experienced trauma and things like that. You know, you are a victim. But if you allow yourself to stay in that victim mentality and things and be in that mindset where they've done this, things are happening to me, I'm suffering because this happened, and being in that mindset, you will just be, you're spiraling down in a black hole. And you're going to be stuck in that and like nothing good can come from that, right? You've lost your power because you've given away your power. Things happen that are out of our control, but at any given moment, we always have control of how we feel inside. And if we can control that, we have our power. That is where our power is. It's all within. So crazy. You know, it's these little reminders every day. It's all about the basics, man. I mean, it's just, uh, (laughs) it's, it's easier said than done for sure. You know, it's like every day there's a new challenge and you can tell me what your experience has been, but it's like, I find, you know, I I write about this stuff. I interview people like yourself. We'd talk about it all the time, but it's like every day is day one. Every day there's another opportunity to practice. And uh, it's not like, like, I don't know with muscle, for example, and even with muscle, but I'll use muscle as an example. Like you can train and build muscle and, you know, to some extent you can kind of get lazy a little bit you know, after, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you, you're not going to get, you know, obese overnight, obviously, but I find that with like emotions and, you know, spirituality and whatever, let's say gratitude practice, whatever, all these things that we try to, to do in our lives. It's so easy to get derailed if you aren't vigilant every day over your emotions, over your stories, or, you know, the, the complaining that happens when something just doesn't go your way, that kind of thing. So how do you, What's a situation, let's say recently, we use something specific that you feel uh, that you kind of dealt with? It came up and say, okay, challenged you and challenged what you believe. And how did you deal with it? Oh, recently. Um, I don't know, because I I can't pinpoint something recently. I think it happens to me on a daily. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, um, growth is a journey and it's a never ending journey. And there is no destination. Like, no one's 
ta-da, I'm perfect. Like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Like there is no here. It's a choice. It's a conscious decision. And it's just about being able to practice it. We will have our triggers. I think for me now it's becoming more conscious of when I am triggered and not yeah. having to react. That was one downfall of mine. I would react. What's, even what's though, one of your biggest triggers if you want to share? Um, triggers. Oh, I think one, uh, one I've kind of like got over, but as we were talking about my name before my real uh-huh. name. So when I was about 18 or so, I stopped allowing people or just even owning my name. My name is Maricor. And I just stopped that. And it was my way of being like, cause when I was a teenager and even growing up, like I had a lot of trauma and just not the best upbringing. And I came to a point where that was my way of dealing it with it. By now, my name is Maz. And it was my way of being like, I'm someone else now. That person was not me. Hmm. And at that age and that point in my life, that was my way of dealing with the fact that I'm no longer her. I'm now Maz and I'm someone Hmm. else. And I didn't even verbalize that to anyone, but eventually like everyone, family, I'm Maz now. That's just how it is. I never told anyone any reasons why, but it was just the way that I dealt with it. And Mm. I know for a time there, when people did find out what my real name and they'd call it, call me Maracle, I was triggered as anything. Like I would be seething, (laughs) like, you know, and especially if it is someone that I do end up explaining, it would take me ages to be able to open up and say, look, I don't like this. Again, that's my self Here's why I chose that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And like being able to set boundaries. But when I would finally say my reasoning as to why I prefer not to be called that. And if someone pushed that boundary and just disregarded what I said, that would be really difficult for me to deal with. Hmm. Like now I don't care. Like it doesn't really bother me, but I still prefer maths. That's just how it is. Um, But that was something that probably was my biggest trigger growing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how we, you know, some of the triggers that we have, it's, they're always so simple, but they're so powerful, man. They just hook you right in. (laughs) And when you realize it, you're like, holy smokes, like this isn't some complicated thing. This is just a simple, whatever, somebody's inconsiderate to you or, you know, somebody, you know, didn't treat you a certain way or, you know, they're doing something stupid. It's just very simple type of thing, but they're so powerful at changing our behavior. And uh, it's a real journey. It's a real journey to observe those automatic little explosions that we have, you know, whatever it is. Right. It's crazy. Definitely. Like, like you said, it is a simple things. I think when it comes down to anything, our adult minds, we seem to overcomplicate things because we overthink things and then there's layer upon layer. But if you strip down all those layers, a lot of the times, all of those things are something so simple from our childhood, something we've experienced. And yeah, it is so simple and it could be even the tiniest thing. Like your dad was telling you, you were, well, for me, like too short. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, Wait, how tall uh, are you? Like, I'm like five foot. I'm like tiny. I'm Filipino. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's like average Filipino, right? That's that's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not like short, short for a Filipino. If I'm in the Philippines, I'm actually like regular height. But in Australia, yeah. I'm like pretty tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my first dance partner, uh, competitive partner was Filipino. We were partners for oh, like really? seven years. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But 
I'm I'm really familiar with the Filipino culture, like uh, pancit and uh, uh, adobo. Adobo, yeah. And then what's that? Uh, yes. What's that banana sugar thing in a banana leaf? What's it called? Uh, yeah, um, the sticky rice. Yeah, the sticky rice. Yeah, that stuff. Suman, right? I think it's called suman. Yeah. Yes. Have you been to the Philippines? No, no. I would love to go. It's a beautiful country. It's very oh beautiful. yeah, definitely. You need to as soon as this whole international travel yeah. ban. Yeah, yeah, when things calm down, but I would love to go, especially some of the places I've seen on video. I mean, they're just so beautiful with, uh, you know, this is just the tropics and everything there. I would love to go. Plus, it's super cheap. I mean, my God, with a couple bucks, yeah. like, you live like a king. You'll be living there. like a king over there. And if yeah. you think the videos are beautiful, you know, every time, like, videos and photos do not actually capture oh, what for you're sure, seeing. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's next level. Yeah, there's some beautiful, beautiful beaches there. And yes, very cheap. You really need to do it. <laughs> It's on my bucket list for sure. I have a list on my phone of like, I have these, you know, like when you turn your computer on, I have these little screensavers from Microsoft or whatever that they just give you random locations on the planet. And so anytime I see a good one that I like, I'm like, ah, I'm going to put this in my phone and just save it for my, my bucket list when I can just go and travel all day. So I'll put that in my, I'll put that in my list. Do you Please recommend do. any place in the Philippines? Well, there's like 1200 islands. Oh, really? 1200? <laughs> Uh, wow, I and had the no crazy idea. thing, I don't know how many dialects, but a lot of the islands and a lot of, there's so many different dialects. Yeah. So it's funny they're in one country, but people wow. can't understand each other or they tease each other for speaking something else when they're all the same nationality. It's, the it's really day. interesting. I mean, I remember when I went to, uh, it was New York. I was like at a competition there, but we went to like the Asian town or Chinatown, whatever it was. And, you know, it was like this huge market. And it was, I mean, talk about racism, whatever, but like, like Chinese Asian people are really racist with each other. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they, that's what I mean. Yeah. The same country. And that it's we're like, crazy. I mean, like, each other. It's like you're all from the same place. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was really interesting. Well, I'm curious about your journey with, with the, um, with the losing the weight and, and kind of transforming your body. Like what spurned that on? You know, how did you get into that whole practice? Because the body, you know, the body, I think, is our canvas for spiritual growth, and especially when you have to deal with health challenges, or even if, you know, you're not dealing with a health challenge, but you have a health goal, like you're, you know, getting more muscle or you're training for something. Your body is that canvas that you learn a lot of things about discipline, about character, patience, listening to your body, you know, so what kind of uh, spurned you on to that whole goal? Are you, are you still on the pro team? with Australia? No, no, I've, I've been off for almost two years now. I did that for a few years, um, competing and stuff, but I didn't start it serious. Um, Mm. I started as a way to challenge myself because as I said, back on that balcony and having that moment and then taking control of myself, I decided to set a goal and be like, I would love to compete and be on stage before I turn 30. Um, and I had made this decision when I was overweight. Like it wasn't like I'd lost weight to then compete. I just went all in for it. <laughs> like this yeah. is what I want to do. Um, and I, for me, it was something I always thought I could never do. I was a party girl, like party girl, drinking every weekend, all that kind of stuff, you know, um, love food. Like it was kind of like the impossible for me. Like mm. I know when I told people I was going to do it, the, the look on their face is like, come on <laughs> really <laughs> you like they may not have said that but like yeah um but it for me it was a way of 
yeah, taking that power back and being able to see how far I could go with myself. Um, and I set that goal and um, found a coach and everything. And the first comp, um, I just lost a lot of weight and looked great, you know. Um, and I did get on stage just before. It was like the first comp I did was just before my 30th. So wow. I literally hit that. It was like a weekend before my 30th. 30th. So I was like, hey, you still made it. That counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that was um, a journey in itself. Like even at that time, I got diagnosed with scoliosis and had to pull out because then I thought I was never allowed to lift again. That's what I got told. Um, that was a journey in itself. And it was very difficult um, in terms of, as you said, the discipline and everything. But as it comes with anything, it's how do, how do you want to look at the situation? Mm. You can believe it's going to be hard. And if you believe that, it will be freaking hard. Like if I had gone in being like, this is going to be so hard, I'm going to have to give up everything. I would have most likely failed hmm. and not got on that stage because in my mind it was so hard. But instead I looked at it being like, let's see how much I can challenge myself. Let's see if I can get on that stage. I want to see what I'm capable of. Yeah. Same situation, different perspective. And instead of me looking at things like I need to give up all this, like I can't drink anymore, I can't eat these foods, I have to, instead of looking at like that, I was looking at it to see how I could challenge myself and to prove to myself what I was capable of. So rather than focusing on the lack of, I was focusing on what I could gain from it. And that made the journey so much easier. I surprised myself with I could turn up to birthdays and weddings with free food and alcohol and say, no, I could literally go to like a birthday party, not drink at all, watch everyone get drunk and leave where there was no way that could happen before, you know? Wow. But if I had gone in thinking I can't drink, I can't do this, do you know what I mean? I'm missing out. I would have most likely failed. Mm. I went in going like, this is what I need to do. And in order for me to do that, this is what I need to do. I want to challenge myself. Same situation, different mindset. And that made the whole journey so much easier. And at the end of the day, I surprised myself with how much I could do. I was like, wow, crazy party girl just went a whole year without touching a drop of alcohol and could still turn up to events and wow. do that. I literally could handle myself around food. Do you know what I mean? Like the mind... Yeah. Talking about muscle, the mind is our most powerful muscle. It's just how you flex it, I suppose. <laughs> no, it's so true. I mean, it's uh, it's that whole idea of what you resist persists, right? I mean, if, if you yeah. focus on the problem, you know, like I actually was just writing about this today because I'm coming out with, uh, well, by the time this episode launches, the book will be out, but I'm coming out with a book, two books actually, and one of them was about self-doubt and how it's like, okay, you, you realize first your shadow, you like, for example, doubt, like we all have doubt to some degree. And in my life, doubt's been a, a big player. And it's like, at first you, you sort of want to fight that part of yourself. Like, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't doubt. Like I shouldn't have worry. I shouldn't have anger. I shouldn't have, you know, all these things. But, you know, at some point when you realize that they're just companions on your journey, not like your enemies, you can sort of yes. let go of this, this resistance of trying to uh, fight yourself, you know, cause to some extent, like, okay, like being laid back and not counting your calories about everything. That's, that's a healthy relationship with food. I mean, you shouldn't, Definitely. you know, I don't eat dairy, but the other day, I mean, I was over at some, uh, 
whatever, like an event and, and somebody had made this like homemade cheesecake. I love cheesecake. I mean, I, I will eat cheesecake. <laughs> if I, you know, if I had it ever on me, I would eat it all the time. But uh, you know, I don't eat that stuff, you know, just like, just like we're talking about here, like there's a certain level of discipline, but at the same time, there's value in, in not resisting. I think when you spend so much effort and mental energy on resisting, uh, you know, just different things, it makes it worse, right? I mean, there's more stress. Definitely. Yeah. You got to focus on what you're gaining, not what you're losing. Yeah. Because yeah, regardless that's a good of point. the situation, there's going to be gain and loss in every situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What do you think was your biggest lesson from, from this whole physical journey? that you did. How long were you doing that, by the way, with the training? Um, probably three years. Three years. I did that, yeah. And you did, were you doing competitions? How was the structure? Was you, were you competing for like a nationals type of event and you were doing regular competitions or? Well, towards the end, when I was with the pro team, I was, I was doing show after show, um, yeah. back on back. Um, I was actually going to I was actually going to the world titles in Australia and then to Vegas to do world titles in the universe titles, they call it in wow. the States. Um, so I was going to do that, but just before that, as the universe plays its uh, role, sometimes, you know, rejection is redirection. Mm. Like sometimes things aren't supposed to play out the way we want them because there's something better and you're meant to be doing something else. And at the time you don't see it. But prior to that, back on the story of the balcony, what not long after that incident, I did have, I come, I had, I had a bit of a spiritual awakening and I'd come to an awareness of what I should be doing in this world and how I should be giving back. Hmm. And I suppose I had to go through that journey of self-development to then learn to then be equipped to be able to give back and help others um, and gain that wisdom to share. But I kind of got carried away and went the bikini model route, but mm. that was not where I was supposed to be giving back to the world. That was a journey for that time to help me and to understand what I could do, but that yeah. was not, I was steering away from my purpose, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And so the very last comp I did, I legit was like, I'm going to give it my all to the point that everything's to a T and it's 200%. And if I don't place or I don't anything like that happens, I know this is not my path. And I actually kind of made a deal with the universe and said yeah. that. Like, I was like, all right, I'm going to give this everything I got. And if I don't get what I want, you're telling me I need to go a different way. I literally yeah. did that. And that's basically what happened. And uh, I end up pulling out and didn't do world titles. I didn't go to Vegas. Um, I, instead, I just went to South America instead for a month and ate and drank and <laughs> enjoyed nice. life. Where'd you go in South America? Um, we went to Brazil, uh, Chile, Uruguay. Wow. Uh, where else? Yeah. Argentina. I think that was it. I was just there for a month. Yeah. Just under a month. But yeah, end up doing that because I love travel. <laughs> yeah. And I love Argentina. Up. That's on my bucket list too. On where? Argentina. Oh That's my on God, my bucket the food, list. The food yeah. is so good. The people are so lovely. You, yeah, definitely go. I'll yeah. go back for sure. <laughs> Plus they have tango dancing. That's where that's like the mother of tango started. Oh uh, so. yeah. They try to teach me. I'm a terrible dancer. <laughs> it's fun though. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, it's just so, it's so interesting because 
I find that life will, I was, again, I was just writing about this the other day too. Cause when I started my journey with, with dancing, I started literally because my counselor had recommended to take a class at, at college for dancing. It was just like, you know, ballroom yeah. dancing. And I took it. I was like, ah, you know, I'll get some easy grade. I'll meet some girls, whatever. Like it was just, you know, our <laughs> desires, our, our desires are sort of the, the little breadcrumbs that the universe kind of strings us along because that's the yeah. only way that it can communicate with us, you know? And so at the time, like you, you look back and you're like, man, what, what was I thinking? Like, you know, but, but that was at the time that was your consciousness. And so you have to go through these different steps. And as long as you take action, uh, you know, I remember I asked this girl to dance with me at, at the club. That was like our final exam. And she like within a minute, like she just literally peeled herself off of me. And <laughs> she's like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this anymore. And so she walked, walked away and my ego was like, okay, that's it. You know, next, next semester, I'm going to get hardcore with this. I'm going to compete. I'm going to, you know, do all this <laughs> stuff. You know, and it's like, who would have known such a long time ago that it would ever lead to, you know, where you are now, right? You know, with with all the different steps that you take. But sometimes you have to go through those, you know, overcorrections, I guess. You know, it's like, like you said, you know, you you were inspired with with your moment on the balcony and then, you know, you you kind of got hardcore with with the with the pro team and stuff because that was your new direction. But then that was just enough of a a direction. You hit another wall and then you went back this way. You know, so it's just interesting how uh, life leads you through those twists and turns. But I think the key is just as long as you're willing, right? I mean, as long as you take action, that's that's really the key. Life will always lead you where you need to go. Yeah, because you look back and it all makes sense why it had to happen the way it did, even though <laughs> at the time we don't see it. <laughs> you know. But yeah, it always makes 2020, sense. right? <laughs> right? <laughs> this is transformational, like for all of us on so many different levels. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. What do you think are some of the hardest things for people to understand about the law of attraction? You know, because we're talking a lot about, you know, listening to the universe and kind of following your path, following the breadcrumbs and stuff. But I think that a law of attraction, especially, you know, it's, gotten so much buzz, you know, with all these different books yeah. and different things. So it's, it's kind of almost like a cliche, I'd say, but it is very true. It is very powerful. So what are you thinking of some of the misconceptions that people have about it or maybe misunderstandings? Oh, definitely. I, like I said, 2014 was when I first found out about the law of attraction. It's only just recently now I started a new YouTube channel sharing my insights of the law of attraction, the aha moments, like, oh, this is what was missing. Um, and like, again, you, like you said, you hear all this advice, everyone tells you to script, write vision boards, say your affirmations, visualize, all of that. And the thing is you can do all of that. And sometimes you might find you don't manifest anything or you manifest yeah. little things. Like enough to give you, to show you it's real, but not enough to give you, you're not quite manifesting the way that you're intending. And you can do all that, but at the end of the day, it's all about like how you are energetically. You, again, like take your power back. And even with relationships, this is just life in general. It mm. all starts with us to allow the law of attraction to actually work. You need to be energetically aligned to be that person that can receive that and that is receiving that. Mm. Or if something's missing, you that's when you'll find you'll just get a taste and a little bit and like manifesting the little things and not those big things but 
it's now you've got to now do the deeper inner work. And this is what I do with my clients, with my mindset coaching. The law of attraction is a big integral part of that. And it's being able to do that inner work that where you remove those subconscious blocks, those limiting beliefs that you may even think you're over or you, you don't even think it's a problem. Like we said earlier, something so little could be said to you and it's now a trigger. Oh, and you yeah. don't even realize that little thing is something holding you back from massive things in life. But it's being able to go back and rework and clear out all that clutter so you can be energetically aligned to having what it is you want. And when you do, it's all about energy. And yeah. when you can change yourself internally and within, everything around you starts changing. It's like you, because ultimately we all deserve the best and we all can have the best. We just need to align to who we really are at the core and get rid of all the other stuff that we were conditioned through like our life and our experiences. So that way we can manifest. And I think that's a big thing that was missing, especially on my journey of learning of the law of attraction. So I was doing all those things that they were saying and manifesting little things. I even told you I manifested the apartment, you know? Yeah. Um, but like when it came to like bigger things, I started having that our home moment. Like I was like, I want to be six, earn six figures. I want to be like earn six figures. And I used to, I manifested that. I wanted to travel the world. I manifested that, but it wasn't what really clicked is then realizing it's not just what you do externally. It's all about what you do internally. And only when you do that internal work, does that, those external actions, like the vision boards, the visual, then that all works. Then that's the tool, but it goes a lot deeper than just doing and saying and you know what all the gurus are telling you to do there's a lot more work to it yeah yeah you know it's it's interesting we we're such um we're so hungry for those for those hacks that like okay give me the the, the three things i need to do to 10x my business by next week or you know whatever yeah. it's like <laughs> yeah. all those things are great but ultimately it's like the I always tell this to every everybody that I work with too, is it's the unsexy personal, the personal growth answer is practice. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's the basics, you know, it's like nobody wants to tell you that mindfully brushing your teeth and flossing at least twice a day uh, is going to be the best thing. One of the, some of the best things you can do for oral health to save you thousands of dollars. That's not a very yeah. sexy answer. It's, <laughs> so not, like, it's so simple, but it's, it's really not. I mean, it takes a lot of skill to, mindfully tune into your body when you're taking care of yourself, you know? So, uh, so it's a practice and that's not very attractive because we want, what's the one liner that's going to get me the result. And it doesn't matter what the result is. It's matters what's inside of you uh, because then results just happen automatically, you know, when you, when you change that. And as we were saying before, like life will lead us in a way, if you have that intention, but you can understand consciously that everything is happening with us and for us, not against us, even the negatives. Because later we see those negatives were actually blessings. And at the time we don't see that. But if you can learn to trust the process and trust that everything is always working out for you, that like, yeah, that does speed up your manifestations. Yeah, there are ways you can speed it up. And I found just allowing and letting go and just trusting in the process. Like you said, 10X my business. What if you do want to be have a multi like multi million dollar business? But then, obviously, to be able to get to that multi million dollar business, you've got to experience some things 
or else and learn some lessons so you can handle that multi-million dollar business because if you got it tomorrow, it's probably all going to fall apart because you wouldn't know what yeah. to do with it. So, yeah, it's not an overnight thing, but then you don't realise the things that are happening now is teaching you and shaping you so you can have that. And sometimes people give up just before the breakthrough was about to happen, you know? Mm. It's like that cartoon of the, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's kind of famous, I guess, but it's like the, the guy is like digging for diamonds or something. And anyway, I don't know how, from where it is, but it just popped in my mind. He's like digging for diamonds and he's like one inch short from the diamond. He just gives up and some other guy comes around and it's just like, it's like, that's a metaphor for life. Right. Definitely. What yeah. are some things people can do to to practice every day, like the, what are some things maybe that are part of your practice that help you um, stay in that space, in that alignment or there in that aligned space so that you can practice everything, you know, that we're talking about right now? What are some important things that are part of a day's practice for you? I think learning yourself and learning to understand yourself is the most important thing. If you can learn to understand yourself um, understand why you act a certain way, why you get triggered, because we're always going to have triggers. If you can feel those triggers and like have a talk with yourself, self-analyze, why, where does this stem from? Why am I feeling like this? Do I need to react like this? Um, and be able to be conscious in your actions and be aware of uh, having a better understanding of yourself would then also in turn allow you to understand others. And then when you do that, what others do and what they say stops becoming so personal because you're now opening up your mind up to that possibility. Hang on. They, they're also going through their own battles and their own, this is their way of protecting themselves and they're reacting because of their experiences. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. You, that's when you can consciously stay in your power. Do you know what I mean? And like have that responsibility for yourself so being self-aware, definitely main thing, being conscious of your emotions and feelings because it's always going to go up and down and things will happen in life that are going to throw us off. But it's being able to be conscious of that, accepting that, not hiding from it. That was a big thing I used to do. I used to run from my feelings when things got hard. I used to put that under the rug, I'm over it, do you know what I mean? Rather than allowing myself to feel letting me feel, giving me permission. And then that way, when you can do that, you can then let go and forgive yourself. And that's when mm. you release that. Or else, again, if you don't do that, you're now holding on to something subconscious that is now blocking you again from being the best version of you, which you're now taking along your future journey. So it's just being mindful, self-aware, conscious, and just understanding that there's always going to be ups and downs and difficulties it is life, but it can, it depends how you want to look at it. You know, those yeah. difficulties can be blessings leading you to ultimately what you want and shaping you to be that person. Or you can look at life like everything is hard. Things are happening to me. It's never going to happen. And whatever you believe like that will, that's what will be. So. I love how you mentioned forgiveness. I think forgiveness is such a, big thing to practice in life. And it's so difficult, but it's so important because it clears the slate of your mind. You know, you, if you have something in your mind, you can't have nothing. 
And when you have nothing, then you can create anything, right? So ultimately yeah. forgiveness is something that we have to practice on a regular basis. And certainly it's been a big lesson in my life, but I'm curious in your life, what has, is there anything that you can think of that's really taught you the value of forgiveness or how to really do it? Or has this just been something that's kind of grown gradually in your life? It's something that is growing gradually through my journey of self-development. Yeah. I even realized there's a lot of things as a child, I, as an adult, I had not forgiven myself for. Mm. Like I, when I started doing the inner work, I thought, oh, that's it. I'm fine. And then you dig deep and there's more and there's more. And then you're like, oh my God, what is this? I'm really messed up. <laughs> it <laughs> Jeez, never ends. Okay. Come on. Yeah. It never ends. The work never ends. And that's, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, I think even things as a child, forgiveness. I know like when I was like about six years old, I was molested and I, as a child, forgot, made myself forget about that. And I think that was a way of dealing with that myself. Mm -hmm. But then it was like when I started doing the inner work and going back to that, I had to go back to that child and forgive myself because I didn't realize that growing up, I was blaming myself for that. Like I wasn't intentionally doing that, but subconsciously that's what I was doing and I hadn't forgiven myself. Yeah. So just even letting go of that. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of things as a child growing up that I realized I needed to forgive myself or I was blaming myself that this was happening. And even like with my last relationship, whatever, like forgiving when knowing that the actions that happened there were not intentional it was childhood wounds and past trauma and everything being reflected out and forgiving him for that. Like ultimately mm. you didn't mean to hurt me. I didn't mean to hurt you understanding that and in turn being able to forgive and let go and not have resent. Cause when you're resentful, that just eats up you. Right. That's, I mean, forgiveness is so key and it's like, there's this old story now that I'm thinking about. It's like, I think it's a Zen story, but it's like these two monks that are walking uh, through the forest and they, they see a woman by, by the river. And it's like, it's an old monk and a young monk. And uh, the old monk ends up helping the woman across the river. You know, he carries her across the river and then they keep walking. And the young monk is like, I can't believe, you know, that you touched the woman. You know, he's like basically super zealous about uh, the whole, you know, oath they took and everything. And, the old monk turns to the young monk and says, you know, I left the woman back at the bridge over there. You know, why are you still carrying her with you? You know, so it's like this idea that we're carrying the past with us constantly and forgiveness is the only way to really let it go. I mean, it's just like you're trying to, you're poisoning yourself by having that resentment, right? I mean, that anger and everything. And it's sometimes it's so hard to let go because it's comfortable. There's a certain comfort in, in hanging on to the familiarity of, of blaming someone or, or, you know, even yourself. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it's really interesting. The, the webs we weave with our mind. <laughs> Definitely. But I think again, like if you rather than sweep anything under the table, bringing that to awareness and dealing with it there and then letting yeah. yourself feel is the key to be able to let go and forgive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think was one of the hardest things for you to forgive in your last relationship? 
Um, my most recent or all of them? <laughs> I think um, I'll go. I guess all. the last one that ended, whatever, it was like seven years or something like that, or seven no, years ago. That, that was no, the last one that ended was actually while I was writing my book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when, when was that? Um, that was nearly a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, well, with that, with forgiveness, that was different. He, he really loved me and I know that his intentions were good. Um, it was just, there was at that point after, because before him, I was single for five years from that last breakup they were talking about the balcony. Yeah. But um, at this point I was more aware of myself, others, I kind of knew a lot better and it was just understanding there's just unhealed trauma here that's getting reflected. Like it's not, a reflection of me, but I now know better that I'm not going to be stuck in this cycle. Like mm. I know better than this. And it ultimately at the end of the day, it, this is not my problem to deal with. Like you can't, everyone's personal development, like you can have the support, but at the end of the day, you need to change yourself. Mm. And so just understanding that and understanding that it wasn't anything personal with me and it was unfortunate that he had to come to that, but understanding the love was there. It's just, there was a lot more healing that needed to be done. And us being together was now becoming toxic that mm. I had to ultimately look up for myself because I had learned how to love myself and I love myself too much to let myself go backwards again. Yeah. How do you know? I mean, this is a, I guess a, a open question, but how do you know when a relationship, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this, but how do you know when it's, <laughs> you know, because there's always a, a balance between, okay, um, you know, let's communicate about this and, and, and grow together from this situation. Cause you know, inevitably there's going to be differences and triggers and trauma that I think that's why we get into relationships spiritually. Our spirits attract people that, have lessons to give us, you know, I think that oh, uh, if you run out of lessons, you wouldn't have a reason to be in a relationship, but ultimately we, we crave those spiritual lessons and the universe has an uncanny way of bringing the right people into your life to uh, reflect those lessons. But either way, you know, those lessons are inevitable. And so when they do come around, it's like, okay, you communicate, you, you obviously you're trying to, to do something. And so how do you know when like, okay, when it's time to, you know, maybe I, move I on, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I think definitely when you're running around in circles and no matter what you do, and if you're changing yourself for the better and communicating for the better and you're trying to have a healthy relationship, you're trying to discuss without pointing fingers Instead yeah. of like, you're yeah. doing this to me, you're doing this to me. If you're consciously making that effort to try to bring a resolve where you can both understand and the other person is not willing to go there and play that part and is just defensive and it's fights and you can't have one person committed to self-growth and the other not. Yeah. That becomes toxic in itself. It doesn't matter. And it's no, it's no better because it takes two to tango. Yeah. So, so even if you are the one that is a part of that you are on your journey of self-development and growth and everything. But if you're going to stay in that, how much growth did you really do? Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? How much growth yeah. are you really committed to if you're going to allow that? 
I think to know when it is right to stay is when you can both be self-aware, understanding, show compassion, understand everyone gets triggered. This is how we deal with it. Speak like and communicate with compassion rather than placing the blame on each other and coming from ego. If you can communicate with love, I think that's that's the key to having a solid, healthy relationship, right? And then you know then that's worth fighting for and working with because you can work together. But if you can't work together, then I think like what else is there? You can't have one person committed to growth and the other not. What do you think are some of the biggest communication mistakes that people make in their relationships? Wanting, definitely wanting to say your point of view, but not hearing the others. A lot of the times in arguments, that's what happens, right? You only see your point of view and then you're reflecting that out. They're only seeing their point of view and reflecting that out. And that's where you butt heads. Mm -hmm. It's, I think definitely in a relationship, you both need to be aware of that and be come to a place where you can both express both your point of views, hear each other out and come to a mutual agreement of like how best to move forward with that. Like, I think disagreement should be exactly just that because you're going to disagree. No two people are going to get along and think and agree on everything the same, right? right We've yeah. all got different likes, dislikes, triggers, emotions, whatever, but it's about being conscious and being able to work together. How do we, work together as a partnership rather than you're against me. I'm against you. You're doing this to me. You're, do you know what I mean? Cause then you're, you're not really in a partnership if it's one against the other. There's a great quote that I, I love by um, Antoine de Saint-Exupéry. I think um, hopefully I'm not butchering the name, but it says true, <laughs> love, true love is not two people looking at each other, but two people looking outward towards a common future or a yeah. common direction. Yeah, I love like that quote because it's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, you're always looking together outward rather than looking at each other. You know, we're so obsessed with our telenovela version of love in, in modern society where it's like, oh, I have to look at the person and they're looking at me and there's just this duality of, of, uh, you know, passion, but it also comes with, with, you know, um, what do you call it? Codependency, you know, with, with yeah. sort of expectations, you know? So I think we forget to mutually look, toward our own path. Hey, I'm on this path going there. You're on that path too. I guess we're walking the same way and, you know, let's, let's see what happens. Together. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's uh, that's interesting. Do you believe in soulmates? That. Do you believe in soulmates or twin flames or any of that? Oh yeah. My ex was his ears, my twin flame. Yes. Yeah. I believe in all that. Yeah. I mean, twin flame, I mean, from the things I've read, there's supposed to be a, a phase where, you know, they run away and they come back. So, I mean, what do you think about that? Everyone's experience is different, right? It's like having a relationship. Who, how do you define a relationship where everyone in the world has had a different experience of a relationship? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it can be interpreted in so many different ways, but again, it's your own journey. Um, I don't think you can box it. Do you know what I mean? Just like a relationship. You can't say, this is what a relationship looks like. Because yeah. to everyone else, that can go a billion different ways. Um, and again, with the twin flame, I think, I think like, and he even agrees, like the feeling, like it's something, yeah, you just can't, do you believe in twin flames and stuff like that? I don't know. You know, uh, I, I thought I did. I mean, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure because it's like, I guess, you know, it brings, to me, it brings up the, like this kind of greater conversation of sort of choice. Saying versus- something. 
choice yeah. versus destiny, you know, like a, from one perspective and really they're both true. Right. I yeah. mean, for example, if I'm walking through a maze, I can have two perspectives. I can have the perspective of my eyes, like firsthand perspective. I'm walking through that maze and it feels like this sort of frame by frame experience where it's a chosen thing and it does, it's not really clear where I'm going or I have the perspective of, you know, the sky perspective and I can see the whole maze and there's an exit, there's, you know, a little treasure at the end, whatever. So does that mean that one is true and the other is false? No, they're both true. It just depends which perspective you take. So um, I don't know. It's interesting because I've had a lot of experiences in that department. I even had this lady that uh, did a reading on me several, several years ago. And a lot of the things that she read were just, I mean, uncanny, like uncanny. And so I saw her for many, many readings. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was, it was a strange experience for sure. And what it taught me at the end of the whole experience was even if somebody could tell you what your future was exactly, it wouldn't change you having to live it out frame by frame. Yeah. Do you know I mean, like if somebody said, Hey, Maz, you know, after you're done with this podcast interview, you're going to go out the door, you're going to see somebody passing there. Like they could tell you all that stuff. And then you'd still have to live it out and experience it uh, as a movie, as that 3d yeah. movie, as a choice. So I don't know, you know, maybe there is, maybe there isn't, but uh, I think for me in my own experience, I have found that thinking about that stuff pulls me out of the present moment. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. You know, so I don't know, maybe there is, you know, but either way for me, it's like, okay, let me just focus on the present moment. And um, I do think that people come into your life, you know, the people that need to come into your life, you don't have to find them. That yeah. has been my experience 100% out of every person that I've dated, every great client that I've had, every every relationship that's really made any significance literally has come into my life by accident and serendipity. Yeah. I never, right. It's not an accident. <laughs> I mean, but, uh, you know, seemingly an accident from my perspective yeah. as a first person, you know, perspective, but I'm sure from the higher perspective, you know, there was always a, a system, but for sure, like the relationships in your life, you don't have to go looking for them. I think, like you said, if you align yourself, um, it's, it's really crazy. It's just really crazy how things happen, but they happen by default that way when we're yeah. in alignment. Right. I mean, it's, it's not crazy. That's just the default nature of the universe, you know? So everything always working in our favor. Right. Yeah. 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 It's uh, it's something you have to remind yourself every day though, because every day there's some little challenge that makes you feel like you're a little billiard ball bouncing around against other billiard balls. And uh, I mean, every day it's like some little thing you go to the store and you think, Oh, you know, I'm going to get this thing for nine 99 and it's, you know, 15 99. You're like, God damn it. You know, why is it a sale? And suddenly you forget that there's abundance and money comes to you easily. And you, know, because <laughs> yeah. you, you had your, you had your eyes sights on, on something. So all these little things, they, they need constant reminders. So mm-hmm. what do you think for relationships? One more question about that, because I, I think we're, we're doing some good stuff with it, but with, when you have a relationship with somebody, what is the role of boundaries and why are they important? Boundaries are important just in life in general with any kind of relationship. Yeah. And you need to be able to, I think for me, like, and a lot of people would have struggled or are struggling. I was, I had a struggle of setting boundaries. 
because yeah. I wasn't in my own power to say, no, this is my boundary. Don't cross it. Like, you know, um, and that's again, abandonment issues. Um, I think being on the other side and not being able to respect someone else's boundary as well is a problem in itself. I think having boundaries is so crucial. And again, talking about partnerships, you got to work together. Both of you are going to have boundaries. Both of you are going to have triggers. Both of you are going to have trauma in somewhat way. Both of you have your own past experiences. Like we all come with baggage. It sounds like we're all humans. We've all had experiences in childhoods and whatever else. And it's being able to work with that and respecting each other's boundaries. I think it is very important to have boundaries and be able to work as a team to understand, okay, maybe I don't feel this way about this situation, but I understand this happened to them and this is why that triggers them. Like you don't need to have that same belief, but caring enough to see, okay, well, we can work with this. I'm aware of that. So I will be conscious of that and vice versa. I think boundaries are super important or else like that's just a mess and <laughs> everyone's just being all over each other, right? Well, I so. think even too with with the whole vein of self-worth that we were talking about earlier, I mean, one thing I've found personally is the importance of boundaries to kind of maintain your sense of value and sense of worth. Because if you don't create those with the relation, not just romantic relationships, but I think yeah. especially business relationships. I mean, when I was starting out, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur or whatever, just doing, you know, hiring my time out, it's like, you don't respect your self-worth at all. And you don't have boundaries. You say, oh, sure. You know, like come whenever there's no boundaries in your schedule. I mean, it took me so long to just set up boundaries in my schedule. Like, no, I'm not going to work from this time to this time. Just that, just that simple idea. Uh, It took, took a long time. And so I think a lot of people struggle with that because they don't value their self-worth and they feel like, you know, I I need that sale. I'm not going to, but really what you're saying to yourself is I'm not going to attract the money that I need, you know, so I need to, you know, say yes, you know, so how do you help people, I guess, navigate that? How do you help people set up boundaries in their life? And again, it doesn't have to be with romantic relationships, but um, it could be anything. Definitely. Again, that goes back to, it's always working on that inner child because that's where a lot of that stems from, regardless mm. what it is. Like we, whether or not you've experienced trauma, we're all traumatized in somewhat way, whatever yeah. is relevant to us. You need to work with the inner child because it is take it back to basics. Where did it start? find the root of that problem, no matter how small it seems, it could actually be a big thing blocking you in your life now. Um, And what in our development years, especially if you look back, you find a lot of the problems we have as adults now are all stem from these little tiny things in those development years. So it's about maybe going backwards and finding out the stem, the root cause of the problem, what understanding that, working through that. And then when you do that, you actually start seeing how that's affected all these other parts of your life and how it's affecting you now. When when you can have that understanding, you can now make those changes because you can't change something unless you can own up and take responsibility for it, right? Yeah, no, it's so true. You, you also mentioned uh, when we were talking earlier that you were single for five years. I'm really yeah, curious about else. that because a lot of people have, a hard time with that. They have a hard time being 
single <laughs> because it's like, okay, can't stand being alone. And, you know, we all certainly have a desire to have companionship to some degree, but what made it, <clears throat> what made it easier for you to, I guess, to, to be alone. And I think that's really important is to, to be comfortable and happy on your own. On your own. Yeah. You uh, can't it's critical. love someone if you don't love yourself. Yeah. That's there. You need, like, how do you truly expect to love someone else? Truly, if you don't love yourself, it all starts with us, right? And that was the start of my personal development journey. But prior to that, I was always in a relationship, yeah. like always in a relationship. And I had like a tumultuous childhood and upbringing. And again, that was like external validation of having that comfort and having someone and whatnot. Um, and so me being single for long, that long was transformational and I actually loved being single there was like no drama none of this I could focus yeah, on myself movie my on goals. your own <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it was great um and very transformational the stuff I achieved in that time wow um it was great um but yeah ultimately you don't want to be alone forever we're human we all want that you know we all crave love at the end of the day everyone wants love in somewhat way I found love in that with my friendships and the people around me you know um, but being single for that long, I think it is important for us to, not everyone has to be single for five years or longer, but I think it is important for us to be able to be okay on our own so we can learn more about ourselves, what we're capable, capable of, and not look for that external validation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You started the Phoenix Rising Collective. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So that's the mindset coaching of basically I help people break free from those subconscious blocks and limiting beliefs that are holding them back from stepping into their true power. Basically the people that are stuck in toxic cycles within themselves and others are in that lack mindset or are struggling to be able to live their life in abundance because the thing is abundance is available for all of us. It's literally there for the taking. Yeah. It's just being able to energetically align to that. There's no special people. One person doesn't deserve it over the other, but mm. it's us being able to align to that so we can have that abundance. So basically, yeah, with all the life experiences that I've had and all the aha moments I've had, I now like I'm so passionate about helping other people come to their own power. Any crazy stories that you've experienced that with people just radically changing their perspective? Yeah, sometimes people, it can take like, sometimes it's a lot of work. Um, if someone has experienced, like for me, like a lot of trauma and everything else, but then sometimes it's just so simple and it's like you say one thing and that's just changed everything. And then from that, again, momentum with the universe. Oh, this makes sense. This makes, oh, bam, like, and everything starts falling into place because of one tiny little thing that we were able to uncover. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So everyone's journey is different, but yeah. When you, like we were saying earlier in the call, when you take that step and action towards it, everything else just seems to miraculously fall into place. Yeah. It's the, uh, what is it? Self-organizing Rubik's cube that we all live yes. in. Right? <laughs> Good old Rubik's cube. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you most grateful for today, Maz? I am very grateful for the fact that money is not an issue for me that I don't have to stress about where I'm going to eat next or how I'm going to eat next. I'm grateful that I 
live in the city and I have a roof over my head and it's not an issue. I have my health. I'm grateful for the friendships and the relationships I do have in my life. Just really the little things. And I'm grateful that I'm in a position now where I can now help people that were like me, well, are like I was. Yeah. That's very rewarding. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Maz. You know, so many great golden nuggets. Whatever you want to bring in your life, whether it's health, wealth, love, a new business, a new idea, you have to believe you deserve it first. This has been such a big realization in my own life because in the, in the world of personal growth and creativity, you know, we always talk about seeing what's possible. And certainly that's important. But if you don't believe that you deserve that possibility, your mind is not going to open it up for you in the first place. This is why the uncomfortable truth is to look within deep beyond all those layers and to a very uncomfortable center, which is our self-worth and what we believe we deserve out of life and what we've told ourselves we deserve. This is the kind of work we have to undo. So hopefully you've enjoyed the conversation with Maz. She helps people do this. So if you want to get in touch with her, you can check her out. It's at mazdelacerna.com. It's M-A-Z-D-E-L-A-C-E-R-N-A.com. Instagram at Little Miss Maz or YouTube Phoenix Rising Collective. You can check out her free seven-day mindset reset program. That's going to be on the show notes. It's going to be linked in the show notes for this episode. That's 226. As always, thank you so much for being here. Make sure you subscribe if it's your first time. Share it with your friends if you enjoyed. And let's not forget our quote from the beginning by Oprah. Where there is no struggle, there is no strength. Remember that life happens for you, not to you. It's easy to forget this little maxim, and certainly in my own life, it's been a real practice, even though I talk about it nearly every week, right? But a muscle needs resistance to grow, and in the same way, our souls need some resistance constantly to become strong, resilient, to become who they want to be. You know, we need that constant pull of gravity to maintain our muscle mass, just like an astronaut loses muscle when they go in space, you know, so resistance is to some degree necessary. So remember that life is happening for you, for your strength, for your courage, for your enlightenment, not to you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an awesome rest of your Friday. Tune in on Tuesday for Transformation Tuesday. We talk about three healthier alternatives to sugar. Not healthy necessarily because sugar in general is something you want to avoid, but a couple of alternative, healthier alternatives to sugar while you heal your relationship with that little compound. And on Friday, I'm going to interview founder of Sugar Addiction and the Quit Sugar Summit, Michael Collins. We're going to be talking about how to detox your body from sugar, what's involved with that whole process. Very interesting conversation. You don't want to miss it, especially if you have struggled with that whole journey or if you know anybody that has, make sure you share it with them. Great episode, a lot of great information. So make sure you tune in. And until then, don't forget your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, 
Stay connected at danceoflife.com.